0: Thanks again for listening to the Park Hills Podcast. If you want more info on the things we're doing, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. Well, Kelly, another light. Happy episode today. How are you?
1: I'm good. And you?
0: Good. I'm all right. I'm all right. So when I say light and happy, I'm being somewhat sarcastic. Uh, you know, the idea, and I'm excited for this episode to talk with with you about it because of you know the topic itself. As we sort of end this parenting series, is how do we serve God's kingdom in a broken world? And I think with Every experience I've had on the mission field, which are all short-term trips, but many of them, I have seen brokenness that people here can't even fathom, and I'm sure you have tremendous—you <laughs> yeah. have a tremendous amount of, of wealth of knowledge and stories here on this very topic, and so I'm looking forward to diving into it. I'll, with that said, though, looking forward to it, meaning I'm looking forward to opening people's minds, people's hearts, helping them think through what's really going on, but this is not a topic that I love talking about, but I think it's necessary. Yeah. You would yeah. agree?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think one of my first experiences on the mission field was in the Philippines and seeing the pain of a mother who had just lost a child mm. um, and realizing that pain, it doesn't have languages. It's not a cultural, mm-hmm. like, restricted to one culture. Pain is part of every human's experience in one way or another.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah that's well said and and like you said it it is it does translate beyond all you know grief is grief hearing someone wail and doesn't matter what language they would be speaking otherwise it's the same mm-hmm. and that's true i've heard it in haiti i've heard it in you know um various places in central america even you know i wasn't on a mission trip but i've seen people grieving in in uh, europe and in israel so yeah, yeah. I get it. So let's talk a little bit about what makes what makes a broken world. What, what are some of the categories you think of when you think about what's broken? What parts of it are broken in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think that we can definitely break this down into what I think three main categories, the spiritual broken world. We're all separated from God and we need to come back in relationship with him. The physical, broken world, where trauma, war, poverty all exist, and then the emotional, the emotional, broken world where there 's a lack of self self worth feeling of isolation and loss of confidence, and so much more all that 's you know really wrapped up within that soul of a human
0: yeah, and i I think we in ministry we usually deal with a lot of this brokenness and it's the stuff that people are hiding. And I, I think one of the things that I always think about with ministry and, and some of my pastor friends and I talk about this every once in a while, you know, you're doing something right when brokenness starts to come to light, which is a little scary because then you're like, no, if I just do the comfortable, easy dial it in, don't do anything hard, <laughs> you know, I could I could live a really easy ministry experience with with nobody really coming to me with their issues. But when you're speaking truth uh, in the darkness, it it causes people to hopefully wake up. The spirit moving in your church means people are going to be drawn to conviction and they're going to be broken. They're going to realize their brokenness. I think a lot of times we can hide these things, you know, separation from God, the spiritual aspect. I think a lot of people can act like they're following God, but they're not. And then all of a sudden they realize, man, I'm not, Uh, you know, physical, you know, we're talking about trauma, war, poverty, all those things. And some of that actually has a physical representation on us. Sometimes it's it's the mental representation of what has happened physically, right? So there's this brokenness that kind of comes along with it, which then bleeds into that emotional, this, you know, do I really know what I'm doing? It, should I even be here? Should, you know, mm-hmm. why am I here? Does anyone really love me? And those are the things that come out one-on-one with, with a ministry person and, and a person coming up. Very rarely is that something that, you know, pops up in a service, you know. Yeah. Most of the time in American churches where everybody leaves and everybody feels happy and fun and, like, everything's great. But you know you're doing something right when the brokenness starts to bleed through a little bit, which is a little weird. It's hard for people to, to grasp. But in the middle of that, it's like, well, no, this is the broken world we live in. So we know it's broken and i think there's a good christian representation for why it's broken but let's let's define this a little bit you know let, what did what did the original look like
1: yeah yeah i was glad that you brought up the the point of isolation because if we go back to the garden which i love to go back to the garden because yeah. there is the original of adam and eve in this perfect union with god and when sin entered, that is what created the brokenness, the separate, the separation from God. And what was their response to that? They hid. Mm-hmm. They were naked. They're shamed. And I love when God says, "Who told you that? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you?" And so, in within the human heart, there's there's this shame, there's this guilt. But the original didn't look broken. Right. The original looked perfect peace, perfect harmony, not separation from God, not isolation. And so I think, you know, as we go back to the original, we have to continue to remember, to remember that, that there was an original. There was a perfect union with God where there's not guilt and not shame. And so I think that, that kind of defines our healthy unhealthiness in a totally. broken world and what we're striving for.
0: Yeah. Which is tough for people that don't believe the Bible story to be true or, or they don't trust the Bible at all. Maybe they don't believe in God. They look at it and they go, you guys are all just aiming for something that's old fashioned or ridiculous or whatever. And it's, it's no, 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 no. We have the model. We know what it's supposed to look like. It's a perfect relationship with God. That's not broken in any way. And, and along with that there's a a perfect relationship between adam and eve Mm -hmm. that's not broken many have pointed out they're not just hiding from god but the fact that they're covering themselves and calling themselves naked they're they're hiding from each other Mm there there's guilt and shame for the creator absolutely uh they're they're looking at the creator realizing what they're not and so they're pulling themselves away from him but they're also looking at each other and who knows if it's the blame game you know the the text doesn't get into a ton of detail but i can you know yeah. we live in a broken world i can imagine some of the scenarios you know he's he's saying how could you have eaten that and she's like why didn't you stop me and you know the arguments ensue so there's a brokenness that that all goes there and and then what happens is we don't we don't have the good anymore and now this is the new normal so let's move into to the idea of often in ministry we're working with people who can't even perceive what normal's supposed to look like right our definition of normal is the garden. Right. <laughs> That's not most people's <laughs> definition. So yeah, what what would what what are some of the words you would use to call that, or or what you know what does it look like to not be normal in yeah. your mind?
1: Yeah, and I would even change that the normal back to the original. Okay. Yeah. Because normal and original are going to have two different looks, but that was God's original. The garden but normal like you're saying how do we even define that many of us grow up in dysfunctional families and we don't know that it's dysfunction until you see another example yeah. of something different and then there's a longing to want that but as you're growing up children in their households um, you know you you see something as normal because you don't have another example to compare it to. Mm-hmm and that's why dysfunction can continue to reproduce itself into generations if we don't set another example that can say you know this isn't normal this isn't normal this is actually quite dysfunctional let me throw in another example that maybe could be a better choice for you in your future
0: and we work with people all the time who can't even perceive of what healthy looks like mm-hmm. Which, you know, I would love to spend this whole podcast just talking about how do we work with people on that, but but that's, that's so many facets. I mean, that's the whole, I'm thinking of all the classes in college and in seminary that we took that were basically, that's what counseling is, right? Helping people realign, rethink, uh, knocking them off balance mentally for a minute to re- help them realize, oh, you're not even close to where you want to be you know, giving them a perceived future that's better, those kind of, there's a lot that goes on there. But, but with that said, I think the question that I I would want to hear you kind of work with is, so if, if dysfunction looks normal for most people, how do we even know what healthy looks like?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you to define that, Chris. How can no, we define? No, I enjoyed writing
0: it. I enjoyed reading it and then making you have to answer it first. And then I... How
1: can we define normal? And I do think, or original, let's go back to the word sure. original. Yep. Because I do think you have to go back to that, and, and this is where all of God's promises are true, that you know He can bring us to a place of peace. He can bring us to these places of... Um, being able to, to look at others versus looking at ourselves. He is able to bring us patience and affliction. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is where God defines what that looks like. And I can't say that that looks like the same thing for every person. Sure, Like, this is going to be defined differently according to our personalities, according to our... Um, who God's created us, our original design. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the ways to define normal is to ask yourself, who am I on my healthiest day? Mm -hmm. Who am I when I'm not reacting? Who am I when I'm not anxious? Who am I when I um, am not... And when I'm responding versus just in reactive mode. And so really knowing yourself the way that God created you, I think you can define then what your normal looks like, right. what your original looks like. So I can tell for myself when I get creative, when I get discerning, when I get that is a healthy part of who Kelly is. When I'm reacting, when I'm stressed, when mm-hmm. I'm anxious, I know I'm not operating in my original, I'm actually operating very much in reactive mode or my unhealthy because True. we all have a healthy, unhealthy side of us.
0: Yeah, that's good. Let me, uh, yeah, I'll offer up my definition. Cause that's what you wanted apparently. Uh, yeah. so I think when I think of healthy and, and going along with what you just said, one of the things that I think is really important is truth is truth. You're not, you're not saying that it's not. And, and, and I, and I'm not even suggesting that you were even inferring that, but I, I'm trying to think of the listener that might be listening to this who's thinking, Kelly just said, my normal is my normal, so therefore what I believe is true. That Okay, that's not what she's saying. What she's saying is your God-given personality, who God made you to be, there's a, there's a normal for you that would honor God in all these different ways, with truth being truth, with everything following God being right, that you you would operate the way you're supposed to. I, I think the way that I would think about that is this. Imagine if it wasn't just Adam and Eve, but we had 7 billion people in the Garden of Eden. Every one of them is going to act and think and be different than than the other person because God is creative and he's He's amazing and he's beautiful and he's so awesome. So if you think about all the different personalities that are in in that garden and all these these myriad of, of things, people are passionate about different things. You know, there's gonna be some people that are over there just building things for God. There's gonna be some people that are over here making things for God. There's gonna be other people that are, you know, creating music or whatever. Th- those are things that are just innate within us because God gave us that within our soul. Like there's a part of us that's just, that's what our normal is supposed to be or our original is supposed to be. Finding that is incredibly important. Walking in truth, walking in love. And so when I think about how I define normal, I think a lot about the the idea of the fruit of the spirit, you know, and so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If all of those were alive and active in my life to the extent that they should be, if the spirit was guiding me and leading me in the midst of my my normal life, if I was the full expression of love that I'm supposed to be, who would that be? Mm-hmm. Am I there? No. Mm-hmm. But am I healthy? I think I'm healthier than I was 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so there's almost this progression of lifestyle that you're growing as you walk with the Lord. Uh, I don't remember who said it, maybe Brennan Manning or somebody, but said that, you know, faith is just a long journey in the same direction. Or maybe that was uh, Eugene Peterson. But this idea that, that what we're supposed to be doing is just walking with the Lord, and as we walk with him, he makes us more loving— he makes us more joyful. He makes us more patient. He makes us more go through that list of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're struggling with self-control in your life, which most of us are in some regard, right? Who doesn't love food that they shouldn't eat or who, who wants to get off the couch and go do something, who wants to stop watching TV and actually go you know, produce something, uh, you don't just get there overnight, but letting the spirit begin to lead you and guide you, surrendering to him, letting him lead you. Is what leads us toward health and leads us closer to that 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 original that idea and imagine in the garden everyone being filled with the spirit yeah. everyone being the full expression of their personality there'd be no conflict there'd be no issues we would just sort of love one another so deeply that it would be amazing that's what it's gonna look like someday right there's th- that's what god is promising that one day when he makes all things right we're going to be in that place so we live in this in between though where we, we can look back and think about that would have been what normal was, and it's not. The original isn't what is true today. Mm-hmm. But yet we also know that there's a day coming when the full expression is going to happen. But we live in this in between. So, you know, there's so many different passages we could jump to that sort of define this for us. I know you have a few that you, that you wrote down here that I think would be really good for us to kind of process. But, um, yeah, what are those?
1: Yeah, looking at Isaiah 53, 1, it says, He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carries our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. And I think... As we're talking about a broken world, we have to continue to remember that Jesus himself was broken for us. Mm-hmm. And he knows this. He is was and will be like he's he's a man of sorrow that enters into those broken places. And I love mm-hmm. where it says, you know, he is close to the brokenhearted because mm-hmm. he is. It's it's who he is. He knows that.
0: Which is not normal for a, a deity character in the ancient world this this is one of the reasons why i believe christianity to be not only 100 true but to be the one true faith that we should be following there's no other god that does what jesus does Mm -hmm. right and you read this verse that's not what buddha was doing that's not what muhammad was doing that's that's not even he's different than all the prophets he's Mm -hmm. different than than any of the religious figures you've ever read about he is god in flesh Going into dark places, showing us what normal or what original is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, name me some other person that did that. I, yeah. There isn't another. Yeah. What else you got?
1: Yeah, First uh, Peter four nineteen says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator mm-hmm. while doing good. And I was thinking about what is our steps out of suffering and out of. You know, that brokenness. One, I think, is definitely admitting that we are still broken. Like, as much as we want to be healthy and as much as we want to get back to that original, at any day, at any time, we can enter into that broken state once again. And so, as we're continuing to suffer here on this earth, or as we're watching other people suffer, I do think one of the steps out is what it says here to. To continue to do good to continue to walk with our creator mm-hmm. as you were talking about and there's going to be a lot of things that we just don't understand on this side of eternity and yet we can continue to walk with him
0: yeah no i, I love that i think that's great and when you think about the idea of as we're going about doing good i don't think a lot of us think that way i, I think a lot of us feel like we're being pressed by the broken world and back to what you said a little bit ago, I think a lot of us would say, "I'm just reacting."
1: Yeah,
0: bad, something bad happened to me. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm treating you like trash because I'm mad about it, or yeah. I'm angry, or I'm sad, or I'm uh, just overwhelmed, or I'm depressed, or I'm yeah. filled with anxiety. So that's why I struck you. That's mm-hmm. why, with my mouth, you know, with mm-hmm. my words, that's that's why I came after you. And I think if we if we restructured our minds to think, uh which, you know, the biblical word repent there, just restructuring our minds, rethinking what we're doing. We're suffering according to God's will, who's our faithful creator, while doing good. We're, we're in a broken world. How we respond to that brokenness, mm-hmm. how we do good actually brings people to a place where they realize, oh, I really want that. That That's, that's the healthy response to this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always said to people, giving people the benefit of a doubt uh, or that other phrase that people always use, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. I'm always expecting people to be mean. I am mm-hmm. i don't really trust humanity that much. At the same time, I'm giving everyone the benefit of a, va- of a doubt. You know, why did that person cut me off? I don't know. Maybe they are rushing to get their kid to the hospital. Like I have to lie to myself sometimes just to sort of think through, yeah, I don't be angry with them. They, who knows what they're really going through today. Uh
1: there's another story. Yeah, totally. Story. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and if I let my story spill out on everybody else, that would be unfair to them. Yeah. Vice versa, other people can't help themselves. Yeah. But us responding healthy, in a healthy way, in, in a broken world, in doing good in the midst of, of their suffering, mm-hmm. that's really good.
1: Yeah, and I, I was just talking to somebody last night, and... The pain in this world i don't think that god I, I was telling her i don't think that a lot of our pain is um like healing from beginning to end we like everything to be in a line correct mm-hmm. like here we start it's a finish line here we end but I feel like pain, grief, suffering, living in a broken world, those broken places that we've come through, I don't think are a line from point A to point B. I think it's very circular. Mm-hmm. And we call them triggers. You know, whatever that thing is that continues to bring that pain, you know, back and we can feel it again. We don't stay in those places. We have to continue to move forward. But as the Lord continues to bring those, tender places, mm-hmm. I call them now in our hearts, you know, that is where we can relate to other people today. Like maybe our hurt passed 20 years ago, maybe our, we lost somebody 15 years ago, you know, but as soon as that thing is triggered again in our heart today, I think those are the places that the Lord allows us to really enter into other people's stories today. And so I think, you know, entering into people's stories with compassion and sensitivity and yes, we need to speak truth, but we need to speak it in love. And a lot of times the Word of God can just become a, a sword, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a Band-Aid. We talk, we talk about the Jesus Band-Aid a lot. Like, we just slap on a verse when people are suffering and we expect that to heal. Well, a lot of times it's refraining from saying that verse that we know in order to enter into people's stories mm-hmm. and really meet them with love. Because the truth will set people free, but if it's done in love it won't continue to damage and bring more hurt in somebody's life.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good word for spiritual parenting and parenting in general. I mean, how often do we are we broken or hurt by our our children's brokenness, right? We look at them and we're why are you responding to me this way? Why are you doing this? I've taught you better than this. And there's a certain amount of shame and guilt that sometimes comes when our kids let us down, right? They do something that's just completely ridiculous and you're like, you know better than this, you know. Mm-hmm. But for us to step alongside them and then give them access to what it looks like and for us to move out of our brokenness for a second and walk alongside and go, let me hear you here. Let me kind of know what you're talking about so we can get into this together. It's just a better way to live. It's a healthier way to to go. And instead of just even coming back to what you just said. So many parents over the years that just keep throwing Bible verses at their kids, and I'm like, your kid doesn't even believe yeah. <laughs> the Bible's true. So you can throw verses at them all day long. What they yeah. need right now is they need they need evangelism, or they need an apologetic yeah. moment with yeah. you, where you're going to show them, hey, I think you think this about me, but what's mm-hmm. true about me is this, and they need you to walk alongside them, not as your not as their best friend, you right, you're their parent, yeah. be their parent, yeah. but in the middle of that, there's this sense that we're supposed to. Um. just handle everything perfectly? How often have I told parents over the years, just go apologize?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I can't do that. Yes, you can. That's yeah. a huge part of what we're supposed to do. It, and you need to. Yeah, because need to. they need to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I reacted poorly. I, I'm right in what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And you need to hear that part. And I would love for you to grow in this and, and develop out of this behavior that's really infuriating me right now. But but it should not be infuriating me. Yeah. That's a lack of patience in my life. That's a lack of whatever. And for me to move through this and get to a healthy place, I've got to admit this to you. Can you forgive me? Yeah. Which so many parents are, are listening to this right now. I'm not doing that. You need to. It's you so to. important for us in this broken world to keep pushing toward these healthy, Christ-honoring relationships that, that heal the brokenness and, and move forward out of it. Uh, You know, I think back to what we were talking about with the garden in in the original. So when they, when the, when Adam and Eve are broken now and they're looking around and they're, they're hiding from shame and, you know, you brought up the term isolation and I picked it up a little bit ago. Okay. So what is the answer to isolation? What are you thinking as far as what does it look like to, to move from what we are to what we would like to be?
1: Yeah. I definitely think isolation is a huge um, problem, Mm. a huge problem that we all are facing. (laughs) And even, I mean, I can talk from my own experience coming back from Honduras. I I wanted to hide. I just wanted to be, you know, on this farm for a whole year and I took it. (laughs) But I feel like even now, recently, the Lord is like, how much are you still hiding? Are you stepping out? are you bringing your life to light mm-hmm. are you walking with anybody does anybody really know you is anybody getting to know you are you getting to know people and i think it's very easy for us to just go into our you know into our houses close the door nobody knows what's going on in there but i do think that the lord continues to ask us to bring things to light he will bring things to light he will bring ourselves to light he wants to make our make us known to other mm-hmm. people and let other people know us But we have to be vulnerable and we need to take those steps of vulnerability. Vulnerability will birth vulnerability in other people. I've seen this over and over coming from a background of sexual abuse in my own life. Mm -hmm. When I share my story, how many other people share their stories? And when you share, they share. If you're vulnerable, other people are vulnerable. So I do think it starts with us taking a step out of our hiding places, (laughs) you know, not letting ourselves be known in order for other people to be able to make themselves known and where they're at.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. And I think if you think about it, mm-hmm. what if Adam and Eve would have stepped out and just said, yeah, we messed up. Mm-hmm. I just wonder what, and it it wasn't going to happen. So I'm mm-hmm. not here suggesting that, you know, we can rewrite the Bible, but I just mm-hmm. think about it. Part of that story is there for us to then reflect on and think about how we should respond mm-hmm. And very often when we have messed up, we push ourselves away from God completely, right? And we hide ourselves and we go, it wasn't my fault. It was da-da-da-da-da. What if you just owned up and you stepped in front of God and just said, yep, yep, I need help. And I've I've broken this. I'm holding on to bitterness. I'm angry about this. I need, I need you. Help me move from shame into the light. Help me move from where I'm hiding everything to being vulnerable, help me to be vulnerable so that others will be vulnerable with me. And let me come to this place where we're going to have empathy for one another and empathy that walks alongside this brokenness and and helps me understand that there is a day coming when brokenness isn't the norm. Yeah. But for now let's create little gardens, so to speak, in our hearts and in our lives and in our homes that Mm -hmm. people can look at and go, whoa, that's what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, this is what it was always supposed to be like. Mm -hmm. But we broke it. And that's been the story forever.
1: Yeah. I think that's as we're talking about parenting as well, Chris, I think that that is super super important as a parent is to continue to bring your things to light even before your Mm -hmm. children and to say, you know what, I have messed up. I'm continuing to mess up you know, and, and I will learn, let my regret be my greatest teacher, but Mm -hmm. so that they, they have the freedom to do the same.
0: Yeah. Let's come back to that pain thing. You know, you, you, you opened it up with pain is translated. It's the same no matter where we're at. What does that mean for us? What is, what does God promise to those of us who are in pain?
1: Well, I think God's greatest gift to us is simply his presence, that he is going to walk through that with us. No matter how much pain we're going through, no matter what the circumstance is, his presence is his greatest gift to us. I am there with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And I think that that is the peace he can leave with us is knowing that he is there with us.
0: Yeah, I think that's helpful. So I know that the human heart is longing for something that we don't fully understand. And we, we want to go back there. You know, you've got a couple of really fantastic quotes from some of the, the amazing people that have been, you know, sort of memorialized within evangelicalism or Protestantism for sure. Uh, and these people understood suffering and they understood what it looked like to try to walk in faith. So, yeah, what are those quotes?
1: Yeah, this first one comes from Elizabeth Elliot. It's actually the name of her, a book that just came out, um, Suffering is Never for Nothing. And then Oswald Chambers says, Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. And I think many times, you know, we can't let pain determine our faith. Our faith has to determine our pain and where we go with our pain, how we respond to the pain. And so if we let our pain determine if we're going to have faith in God or not, we'll never step out in faith. And so making sure that we are responding to our pain according to our faith, and that's not easy. Like you said, there's many things we are not going to understand on the side of eternity. But I know who my God is, Mm -hmm. and I know that God is God, even in a broken world.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So I think to recap, when I think about this, what we've said so far is, so how do you serve his kingdom in a broken world? Well, first off, you have to understand that you are a part of his kingdom and then live with his presence and let him begin to guide you and lead you out of your shame and guilt into a place of, of vulnerability, a place of empathy, a place of health. As health comes, which might be a long process, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you don't hear from this podcast, you have to be fully healthy to to jump in. None of us on this team are fully healthy. There are things that we're all working through and things that we're we're being guided in and, and God is showing us things. But you have to just walk alongside people in the midst of their pain. And that pain translates no matter what language, culture you're thinking of. And to remember suffering is never for nothing. And to remember if I just walk with him and trust him, put my faith in him, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show people little glimpses of what the original is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. in this broken place. I think, uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts from you?
1: Yeah. I love the song truth be told Mm. because we're all broken. And I think I had to get to a place very, I, I probably four dark years, and I just had to get to this place. This, this song brought me such mm. like freedom. Truth be told, I am broken and it's okay to be broken. And I think that, you, know, just continuing to remember that, I just put it this morning, actually, because I need to remember again, it's okay to be broken. And, but when we do it alone, in that isolation, we're not going to find any healing. We get stuck. And so just taking that one step out to tell somebody, you know what, I'm struggling in this way, is a way out of, you know, that broken, those broken places. So we can't stay there, Hmm. but we can go there at any moment of (laughs) any day, but we can't stay there again. And so my encouragement to those Hmm. that are listening is to find a community, to walk with people, to not fall into that isolation, but continue to step out.
0: Yeah, I love that. Philippians 1 6, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. May that be true.